Welcome to Where Does the Light Go? Bedtime Stories to Keep You Up at Night. Every child is afraid of things that go bump in the night. They huddle in the safety of their bed and are at least somewhat comforted by the knowledge that their parents are nearby, just out of sight, to protect them from any monsters that may be lurking in the closet or under the bed. But what if those same trusted guardians turn on them? What if the ones who tucked them in at night willingly feed them to the monsters? This is episode one, Hansel and Gretel. Once upon a time. 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 Once upon a time, in a little house on the edge of a boundless, dark forest, there lived a poor woodcutter, his wife, and their two children. The boy's name was Hansel, and the girls, Gretel. They didn't have much to call their own. Their home was modest, and they always seemed to be low on food, but they loved each other very much and were happy with their simple life. Their father carved them toys from the wood he chopped, and their mothers sang them songs and filled their days with games and fun. They laughed and played all around their little home, but never in the forest, for their father warned them that it was vast, and the beasts that lived within it were not kind to little children. Hansel and Gretel's mother told the children that as long as they had each other, They would be as rich in life as kings and queens, and so they were. When the children were still very young, their poor mother became very sick. The doctors did everything they knew to do for her, but she continued to grow weaker. Soon, she didn't even have the breath to sing to them. But Hansel and Gretel knew all her songs and sang them for her to make her smile. Oh, children, think of how sad Hansel and Gretel became when they saw that their songs could do no more for their dear mother than the doctors and medicine had. One quiet evening, when their songs had all been sung, the children wept over their mother where she lay in her bed. With the last of her strength, she kissed the tears away from their sweet faces and made them promise to always love and take care of each other. Then she told her husband that she loved him, closed her eyes, and died. That evening, the joy in the little house on the edge of the forest seemed to die with her. The poor woodcutter was so heartbroken and lonely without her. He ate very little and never laughed anymore. As the days and weeks passed, Hansel and Gretel mourned their mother, but worried at how thin and sad their father had become. He took no joy in his work and spent more and more time away from the little house on the edge of the forest. Then one day, something suddenly changed. 
When he came home from selling his wood in the town, the poor woodcutter embraced his children and smiled for the first time in as long as they could remember. He told them that he had met the most wonderful woman, had told her all about Hansel and Gretel, and that she had agreed to marry him. Very soon, he would bring her there to live with them. Seeing the happiness in their father's face was such a relief that the children had no reason to worry. The woman who brought about this miraculous change in their father was sure to be a wonderful addition to their little family. But listen, children, and listen well. Sometimes, even parents fall under spells cast by people who aren't at all what they seem to be. The woodcutter's new wife was very tall and quite beautiful, with raven hair and a fair complexion. She often smiled, but her smiles were worn as other women might wear a necklace or a pair of earrings, cold as silver and meant to draw attention to her face. How strange that the poor woodcutter did not notice as his children did. He seemed utterly bewitched by her and thought she could do no wrong. Her eyes, though rather small for her fine face, were sharp and quick to find fault. She didn't seem to be very fond of sweet Hansel and Gretel at all. She was very strict and believed in shaping children with discipline and hard work, not songs and games. A proud woman who didn't like going without, she made no attempt to hide her resentment at having to share what little she saw as rightfully hers by marriage with children who were not her own. As you can well imagine, children, this was upsetting for Hansel and Gretel, who worked very hard to please their stepmother. Perhaps they had been lazy, and surely they could work even harder to earn her love. After all, she had made their father so happy so quickly, and they were very grateful to her for that. But as it happened, not long after they had married, when the children were only eight and seven years old, a great drought scorched the land. Business in the nearby town dried up for the poor woodcutter. The forest was still thick and deep, but no one could afford to buy any wood. He fell on such hard times that soon he could not even make enough money to buy them food to eat. The children suffered quietly and helped as much as they could by gathering berries on the edge of the forest, but they were all so hungry they could barely sleep at night. One evening, after the children had been put to bed and the woodcutter and his wife lay in their own bed tossing and turning, awake with hunger, he sighed heavily and said to his wife, How much longer can we go on like this? I bring the same wood back and forth from town over and over again. No one is buying but the, but the undertaker. I, I can't feed the children, never mind you and I. What more can I do? I'm a failure. Why did you even marry me? You know I can't stand to see you suffer like this. I know you break your back every day for us. And what good has it done us? We're starving. My love, you know I wouldn't even suggest such a thing. But seeing you so upset is breaking my heart. I've thought of a plan that will save us. What is it? Tomorrow, bright and early when the sun is warm and the birds are singing, 
We will take the children far into the forest, where it is thickest. We'll make them a nice big fire and give each of them a piece of bread and tell them to gather berries for us while we go to work. They'll have no reason to suspect anything out of the ordinary, and we will make our way back home. It will be long past nightfall before they realize we aren't coming back. They will never find their way home again, and we, my love, will be saved. What? No. No, I can't do that. We can't leave them out there alone. They'd freeze to death or be eaten by wild animals as soon as the sun went down. Maybe, maybe not. For all we know, they'll be picked up by some rich traveler and live out their days in luxury. And anyway, what good can we do them here on the little we have? Killing them this way will be a kindness. One, two, three, and we are free of the little mice. Free of the mice? My darling husband, you must think of me, of us. Am I nothing to you? You said yourself that we can't even feed ourselves. Did you marry me to starve me to death? Of course not. You know I would do anything for you, my love. But, but they're only children. Please have pity on them. Haven't I sacrificed enough for you? You've seen how thin I have become. How my dresses are practically rags, hanging from my bones like some old witch. Mark my words. If they stay here, we will all die. They argued long into the night. The woodcutter cried and pleaded with her to change her mind, but she would not be persuaded. Finally, as if she could control his very heart, she forced him to relent and agree to her plan. Meanwhile, Hansel and Gretel had been so hungry their growling stomachs had kept them awake. They heard every word. Gretel was terrified and cried bitterly. It's over for us, Hansel. I know she never liked us, but to leave us in the forest to die? She must hate us. What will we do? What will happen to us out there all alone? Shh, be quiet, Gretel. She'll hear you. Listen, I'm scared, too. But please try not to worry, little sister. I'm not sure what to do, but I I'll think of something. I promise. When he was sure his parents were finally asleep, Hansel got up, put on his little coat, opened the back door, and slipped out. The moon was shining brightly, and as he paced the small yard, searching for a way to save his sister and himself, he noticed the white pebbles that lay in among the flowers his mother had planted in front of the house. He had never seen them at night, and they shone so bright in the moonlight that they glistened like pieces of silver. Hansel stooped and quickly filled the little pockets of his coat with as many pebbles as they would hold. Then he crept back inside again. Don't worry, Gretel. I think I have a plan. They'll wake us up early, so try and get some sleep. It'll be okay. He kissed his sister on her tear-stained cheek and laid himself down again in his bed. When the day was just breaking... Their stepmother came and awakened the two children. Get up, lazy bones. Your father and I are going into the forest to cut wood. Make yourselves useful for once and collect some berries while we work so we have something to eat tonight. Up, up. Here, take this bread. It's for your dinner, so don't eat it before then 
And don't come crying to me if you do. There isn't any more. Now get dressed. Gretel was a very clever girl, children. And although she didn't know what he planned to do, when their stepmother's back was turned and Hansel showed her that his pockets were full of stones, she carefully wrapped both their pieces of bread and put them in her coat to keep them safe. Then they set off all together on their way into the forest. When they had gone a little way, Hansel stopped walking and looked back toward the house. He kept this up every so often, stopping and turning back toward home again and again, until his father finally noticed and said, Keep up with your sister. We don't want to get separated. Hansel? Hansel! What are you looking at? Oh, I'm just looking at my little white kitten, Daddy. He's sitting up on the roof to tell me goodbye. You're a fool just like your father. That's no kitten. It's the sun shining off the chimney pot. You and I both know, children, that Hansel had not been looking at his kitten. Hansel didn't even have a kitten. But he had been stopping every now and then to take a stone from his pocket and carefully drop it onto the ground. After several hours of walking, they reached what Hansel and Gretel thought must be the very middle of the forest. The woodcutter told his children to gather some wood so they could make a fire to keep them warm while they waited. Hansel and Gretel got enough kindling for a little mountain, and soon it was crackling merrily. Their father added more wood until the flames were burning quite high. That's plenty. Now lie down by the fire and rest yourselves, lazy bones, while we go to work all day. When you get hungry, take this basket and collect berries to have something else to eat. When we're done working, we'll come and fetch you. Hansel and Gretel sat by the fire to rest after the long morning's walk. And at about noon, they gathered as many berries as they could find and not lose sight of the fire or each other. Though they dreaded the setting sun, all day long, they thought they heard their father's axe nearby in the woods. Maybe he had changed his mind. Maybe he really would come to take them home again. They did not know that what they heard was not their father's axe, but only a dry branch hanging from a withered old tree that the wind moved back and forth to make it crash against the tree's trunk. When they had waited a long time, they got hungry and each ate their pieces of bread along with their berries. Their eyelids drooped with weariness, and although they tried not to, the food in their stomachs and the warmth of the fire made them so drowsy that they soon fell fast asleep. Gretel woke up first. Seeing that it was night and the fire had all but died, she was frightened and began to cry. Hansel, Hansel, wake up. We must have fallen asleep and it's dark out. It's so quiet, Hansel. I don't hear Daddy's axe. They must have left us behind after all. How will we get home? What will we do now? It's all right. Don't cry, Gretel. Remember I told you I had a plan? Just wait a little while longer until the moon rises. And then I promise you, we will find our way back home. When the full moon rose high in the night sky, Hansel took his little sister by the hand and walked her over to the first stone. He showed her how it shone like silver in the moonlight and told her 
he had dropped them all along their walk so that the stones would show them the way home again. With lifted spirits, she took her brother by the hand and they walked all night, creeping quietly along so no animals could hear them, shivering in the cold, dark night air. At the break of day, they finally made it back to their father's house. The door was locked, but smoke came from the chimney, so they knew that he was home. They knocked loudly on the door and shouted for him, but it was their stepmother who opened the door and was shocked to see Hansel and Gretel standing before her, very much alive. Children, why in heaven's name did you wander off so far into the forest? We called for you for hours and couldn't find you anywhere. We thought you were never coming home again. Your father has been worried sick about you. Don't just stand there. Come in this instant and get to work. I've been doing your chores all morning. She seethed with anger, banging pots in the kitchen to prepare a mushroom broth for their breakfast. But their father was so happy when he heard their voices that he ran to them and took them in his arms, weeping into their hair with relief. It had nearly broken his heart to leave them. In the days and weeks that followed, Hansel and Gretel worked harder than ever to be helpful around the house in hopes that their stepmother would soften toward them. And for a while, things seemed to ease between them. She wasn't kind exactly, but they no longer feared that she was plotting to get rid of them. And rain had finally fallen. Their father had gotten more work, and soon there was food on the table again. But alas, children, as it often happens, the easy times would not last for long. The rain soon dried up, and with it, their father's money, their food, and their stepmother's patience. One night, when they had long since finished the last of the meat, and for the fifth night had sent the children to bed hungry, the wife closed their bedroom door and turned on her husband. Well, that's that. What did I tell you? We finished the eggs and ate that scrawny excuse for a chicken last week. We have half a loaf of bread left between us, and when that is gone, we have nothing. We will starve, do you understand me? We must get rid of the children, this time for good. I don't know what went wrong last time. Maybe they're more clever than I thought. Tomorrow we'll take them farther into the forest, farther than you have ever been. So far, they couldn't possibly find their way back out again. Don't even think of arguing with me this time. You know there is no other way. But what if our luck changes again? It could rain tomorrow. Even if it doesn't, wouldn't it be better to share the last days with our children? Stay together as a family until the very end? You made promises to me, not those children. You made a vow. You have a responsibility. If they hadn't come home the last time, we would still have plenty of food between us. We get rid of them and live, or let them stay, and we all die. Once again, the woodcutter cried and pleaded with his wife, but she would not be moved. She sneered at him and mocked him for his tears. He fell to his knees, and she looked down at him, sickened by his weakness, as though she would like to spit in his mouth. You made a vow. I will not let you break it. Children, 
You and I know how difficult it is to sleep when parents are fighting, so you won't be surprised to hear that Hansel and Gretel were not asleep either. Again, they heard every word. When the fighting stopped and they heard their father's sobs drift off into the quiet snores of his resignation, Hansel got up to go out and get more stones like he had the first time. But this time, the wife had been careful in her planning. She had locked the doors and taken the key with her to bed. Hansel could not get out, but he comforted Gretel all the same. Don't cry, Gretel. Go to sleep quietly. I'll think of something just like I did before. Sleep now. After what felt like forever, Hansel finally fell into a fitful sleep without having come up with a way to save them. Well before daybreak, their stepmother came into their room and beat their bed frames with her broom to wake them. She gave them each a tiny, stale piece of bread and told them they were to help collect wood today. She hovered over them as they wiped the sleep from their eyes and hurriedly got dressed to leave. Too soon, she pushed them out the door and led the way without the aid of the morning light as they quickly set off into the dark forest. Scrambling for a strategy before they got too far, Hansel nervously crumbled the bread in his pocket. His heart leapt in his chest as he finally thought of a plan. As before, he began to stop every so often and look back toward the house. But this time, instead of a pebble, he would throw a crumb from his bread on the ground to mark the way. Hansel, what are you stopping and staring at now? If you get lost, we won't be able to find you. I'm... I'm just looking at my little pigeon, Daddy. He's sitting up on the roof to say goodbye to me. Stupid. That's no pigeon. But the morning sun just now shining on the chimney pot. Now stop dawdling. Hansel went on as before and carefully dropped breadcrumbs all along their way. The stepmother led them farther and farther into the forest, so far that the sun no longer reached them through the thick canopy of trees, farther than their father had ever been before in all his life. It was so dark in this part of the forest, and they had walked for so long that it was hard for them to tell what time of day it was, or if it was even day at all anymore. The trees were very old here and grew almost as big around as their home. In some places, it seemed like the trees were an ancient family, huddling close to each other for comfort in the dark. There was no path here, and the thick blanket of pine needles on the ground muffled their footsteps so that the walk was eerily quiet. No birds sang. No one spoke. The air was thick and still. When Hansel and Gretel felt that they could barely take one more step, they finally stopped. Their stepmother told them to gather kindling, and once again they made a large fire with their father's help. Tired from just the walk? <laughs> Sit still there, you lazy bones. When you are hungry, you can search for berries. And when you are tired, you can go to sleep. Your father and I are going to cut wood. And when we are ready to go home, we will come and fetch you. Hansel and Gretel rested for a bit. But after such a long journey, their stomachs soon began to groan and ache. 
They went in search of berries, but the growth was so thick and the ground so dark, they found very little in the way of food. Only scratches, pokes, and ominous sounds. Whatever these very large-sounding animals were, children, neither you nor I would like to see them. Huddled back near the fire, Gretel shared her bit of bread with Hansel since he had thrown all his on the ground to mark their way. They decided to get some sleep before the long walk home, though they hadn't seen the sun for hours and had no idea what time it was. When they woke, the fire had burned down to dimly glowing embers, and they were in near total darkness. They thought they knew loneliness before, but the velvety black of the deep forest took their breath away. No one came back for the poor children. Gretel, brave though she was, began to tremble with fear. Wait a little, Gretel, until the moon gets up. Then we'll be able to see the path home by the crumbs of bread that I scattered along our way. So they waited. They sang each other their mother's cheery songs to try and pass the time. When the moon rose, they could just see it by the occasional silvery glimmer through the treetops. Encouraged by its cool glow, they got up and began to search for the breadcrumbs. But try as they might, they couldn't find any. The birds of the forest had thought Hansel was being kind and had left the crumbs for them. They had come along behind him and picked up every last one. Hansel plucked up his courage and thought maybe he could remember the way they had come and might be able to find their way home even without the crumbs or stones to guide them. They walked and walked for what seemed like forever, but all the trees looked the same. Soon, they came to the grim realization that they were completely lost and, but for each other, without a friend in the world. Still, they pressed on and walked all that night and into the next day from the morning until evening, but they could not find the way out of the forest. They were so very hungry. They had had nothing to eat but the few berries they could scavenge, when they were so tired that Hansel was walking with his eyes closed, feeling along the trees with his hands, and they could no longer drag themselves a single step farther, they lay down under a tree. They were so hungry and terrified, but so totally exhausted, that they soon fell into a deep sleep. Please join us next time for part two of Hansel and Gretel. This episode was read, written, and edited by Rebecca Ross, with Christopher Lee, Tom Mead, and Christopher Rossi, and based on the original story by the Brothers Grimm. Our theme music is by Christopher Rossi and performed by Pauline Miller. Where Does the Light Go is a spark plug production and is brought to you in part by the Ross Ranch Foundation, supporting artists since 1970. You can help us tell more stories by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Where Does the Light Go wherever you get your podcasts, and by joining our Patreon, where you will also get access to more stories available exclusively for our generous sponsors. We're on the web at wheredoesthelightgo.com. <laughs>